I think that's another piece of advice that I'd give. There's no point um, regretting any choice that you've made along the way. Like it's just your life and how it's unfolding. And if you're trying to take advantage of, if you're trying to do things that you you love and, you know, taking advantage of most of the opportunities that you're given, I don't think you can regret anything, even if it takes you in a in a different direction than you expected. There are many wide and varied paths that individuals go down when seeking a career in music. These paths are long and winding and oftentimes have bumps along the way. What lies at the end of these paths is a career, not based on fame and fortune, but a fulfilling career defined by a passion for creativity. This is a podcast that shares the stories of those individuals and the paths they have taken to become who they are today. This is Learning to Become. Learning to Become. Learning to Become. Hello and welcome to Learning to Become, Exploring Careers in Music. My name is Mindy Cook and I am your host. So today you're going to be listening to a conversation that I had with Amy Bennett. Amy is a radio program producer for a um, classical music radio station in Melbourne, Australia. She also has a degree in physics um, and talks to me a little bit about how she took a career change after school and decided that she wanted to go down the, the career of music rather than a career in physics. So she uh, was extremely fun to talk to, and she gives lots of great insight on just how you can not really know where you're going to end up, and that's okay. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation that I had with Amy. My name's Amy and I am a uh, program producer on the National Classical Radio Station here in Australia. It's called ABC Classic. It's part of the the National Broadcaster, uh, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, ABC. Uh, I've worked here for almost a couple of years now. It's sort of a reasonably late career change for me. So it's, it's really interesting to move into this area. Very cool. Um, they have. I just discovered this app called Radio Garden, and you can go onto the app and listen to radio stations from anywhere all over the world. So awesome! Hook up ABC Classic I, and have a listen. Yeah, to I, I already did. I listened to it <laughs> while I was working earlier. It was really it helped me focus a little bit as I, I oh, had great. that music playing in the background. So yeah, I've I've listened to your radio station a little bit. Great. Um, because of that, I thought that was a really neat thing to um to to come out and so yeah. Yeah, well, I've been in um, I've been in radio for a long time, but in the community side of it, so the the voluntary uh, community side. So I, I can talk a bit about that, and then yeah, just made this move to um, do it as a job. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how the move, how it started, where where you started prior to this job. Yeah. So um, just a, a long while ago, I've always played music. So I'm a viola player and uh, a piano player. So I started piano when I was little. <laughs> Um, and then picked up the violin actually along the way. And then when I was in my last few years at school, I swapped to the viola. It's a, quite a common story, I guess. There aren't any violas <laughs> in an orchestra, although it's becoming less common these days, which is fantastic. Um, and they need viola players. I swapped over. I loved the viola and um, I kept playing from then on. Uh, but, yeah, then I had that that question of how I incorporate music into my life and whether it becomes a job and how much it um it plays out in that space. And so uh, I ended up 
going overseas for a couple of years and I studied music while I was over there. I was pretty lucky to do that. I went to Sweden um, and because my partner at the time was uh, was working, I could do some study. So I played the viola for two years in Swedish orchestras and, and stuff like that. And that gave me a really good, I always loved classical music. It gave me a good classical music education. I went to a school where um, I had a, a good music education. Um, but then I got back to Australia after being overseas for a couple of years and I, I had to get a job. I had no money and needed to get a job. <laughs> so I actually um, started work at a place called Art Centre Melbourne, which is um, the performing arts venue in Melbourne in Australia, and started uh it was, we, we had students come into us, but it wasn't a school. They were coming in for uh, music experiences, I suppose you would call it. So we did a lot of uh, music composition. We did a lot of, we had a studio uh, and we wrote a lot of music with kids and recorded it. Uh, so put out albums, you know, little fun albums for, for kids and stuff like that. So I guess through doing that, I got a whole lot of skills and I was able to use my music skills in a bit of a different way. And then uh, I just worked there for a long time. I worked there for 13 years and it was awesome and the team was just so fantastic, but it was time to do something else. And during all of that time, I'd done the community radio. So it's a volunteer a volunteer radio station um, called 3MBS here in Melbourne, classical music. Um, and I presented a range of programs. I did, um, yeah, did a, a whole lot of programs and a, a lot of production as well. So I've always been interested as well as playing music and listening to music in uh, engineering and audio production. So I was able to work on those skills in a voluntary situation and which is really, really useful um, to do uh, volunteering in that way. And finally, I, I needed another job and I'd always been eyeing off the ABC as somewhere that I'd love to work. I mean, it's a sort of prestigious organisation here and, and there's a lot of amazing people who work there and I'd, I'd sort of always wanted to work there and I, I finally went for a job. I only got a short contract to start off with. Um, so I, I took a, a bit of a leap of faith and left my job of 13 years um, at Art Centre Melbourne. Uh, took up this six-month contract it was. Turned out to be the start of the pandemic as well, oh, yeah. well towards the yeah. just before that. And luckily I was luckily enough lucky enough to get a, um, a full-time position just before that. So it's a, a program producer position. So we're responsible for um, the background of the radio. We don't present on radio. So it's a bit of a shift from my community days when I, I did used to present all the time. We um, look after the talk content uh, around the music. So make sure the presenter's okay, make sure they know what they're talking about. We produce little audio packages um, about the campaigns that we run uh, we make sure everything's in the system okay, so it's going to go out. We make sure the broadcasting side of it is is correct, that it's coming from the right studio, that it's swapping because it's national. Some of our uh -huh. presenters are in um, different states, so you know, make sure that they're all they're all okay. So it's it's a fantastic job. It's a bit of a dream actually to move oh, into that. Yeah. So tell me about. So you told me a little bit about the job. What does your typical day look like? Well, it's a bit different now. That's why yeah, uh, probably uh, well, everyone saying maybe, that. <laughs> maybe we should say pre-COVID. <laughs> Pre-COVID. Um, it's probably actually quite similar, but we we just do it on the computer at home a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it would be uh, it would be looking through radio happens kind of day by day often with a little bit of looking forward as much as you can fit into the day by day because it's 24 hours. It's just 
kind of go, go, go. So mm-hmm. I guess on a Monday in particular, I'd look at we'd, our team, there's two other program producers, would look at a week and we'd go, okay, what are the shows that are that are happening this week? So we have a set um, program. We have classic breakfast show. We have mornings. Then it goes on from there. There are concert programs and evenings. And I work particularly on the drive program, which is in the afternoon. Um, look at what's coming up. Look at if there's any guests, uh, any special content that needs to go out. We highlight um, Australian music in particular slots on the on the radio. So sometimes we produce features about that. So I'd, I'd just look basically what was coming up that week and then start to work out what I'd need to be working on. Um, a lot of the day would be working in a an audio editor, um, taking people's uh, either interviews or narration or um, recorded stories or recorded opinions, so their voices, and putting music to it and working them into little featurettes. So they're pretty quick. They're usually between about one minute and um, and four minutes or so and then scheduling them to play on the radio and let, making sure the presenters know all of the information about that. Um, so a lot of audio editing. And pre-COVID, a lot of work in the studio. So we'd head in with a presenter and talk, excuse me, talk about their program and make sure they have everything they need. Make sure they know how to frame what's coming up. So if they're talking about a particular concert or event, uh, making sure it's consistent across the radio station. Uh, Doing some technical stuff, making sure, you know, if they haven't presented for a week, everything's still okay in the studios because they can be turned upside down pretty quickly. Um, and if there's a live shift, off, often we produce live. So we'll sit there either in another studio or in the same studio with the presenter and um, make sure they we talk about what they're going to talk about in talk breaks and uh, make sure the timing is correct and things like that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit less than in talk radio. So talk radio, you know, you've got your producer on the phone talking to people who are calling in and it's sort of really busy and go, go, go. It's a little bit more relaxed than that, which you know if you've listened to the station. Um, but it's still really, yeah, it's a lot of work with the presenters. Very cool. So how does your background in music, how did that shape what you do today? How do you you include yeah. that in, in your work? Well, it's it's pretty much every minute of the day. and. It's important to say that you can never know anything, everything about your area of music even. I grew up playing classical music. I played in a whole lot of orchestras. I played a lot of repertoire. Um, I listened to a lot of classical music. Um, but I just, starting this job, I realised that, you know, there was no way I could know everything. So it was really important to know how to research and to look up the information I needed Um, even tiny things like pronunciations, but also the stories of classical music. What we try to do on the radio is tell those interesting stories about the music and about the people involved in it. Um, So my musical knowledge has given me, I would say, a a basis of understanding the generalities about how classical music works, like I understand how an orchestra works, I understand chamber music and um, vocal music and I know some of the the big players, you know, the big um, instrumentalists and, and conductors and all of that. But I use that very much as a bedrock to build my uh, my work every day on and I know where to go to look for information. And um, I have to listen to a lot of music. So 
for example, we sort of write little promos for the station where we'll talk about events that are coming up and concerts that are coming up. And um, so, yeah, we have to do a lot of work around that. We have to know the music that's being played and we have to understand when it's significant and we have to, with a new work, we sort of have to understand where that's come from and why it's uh, important that it's been written and, and stuff like that. I, I guess I have to keep an idea of the classical music world as a whole and then go out from there with research. Talked a little bit about how you edit some of the um, the voices and stuff. So, what kind of technology do you have to work with every day? Yeah, great question. I've through the job before, um, and this one, I've I've pretty much used every audio editing platform there is because uh, I do stuff at home uh, too, and my partner is an, an engineer as well. So, I I've I've used everything. Um, from the you know the free stuff from Audacity right through to through to Pro Tools and some of the newer ones that are coming through today. Um, at the moment, we use a program called WaveLab, which is fine, and it you know I can I can kind of edit in anything. So I think the the bottom line there is that it's really great to use different technologies as you as you grow up. You know, just experiment with whatever people sort of have for you to use and it's not a disaster if you have to move a workflow from one to another because you know the basic structure of what you're doing in a um, in a piece of software um, I know a lot about mics and uh, interfaces and you know different ways of recording I've done quite a bit of live recording as well both um, sort of bands and, and classical music as well but most of that has been picked up through um, doing it and I was lucky enough to have an environment in my previous job at Art Centre Melbourne where we could, we just had to do it. We just had to learn it <laughs> uh, by talking to other people in the job and by doing it and getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learning on the job. Yeah, trial by fire. Is <laughs> totally. <laughs> and um, so I guess I have the opinion now uh, that it doesn't necessarily matter. You don't need to have one particular setup. That's the only way to go. It's not like you can't start creating content or working in a space before you have Pro Tools and the best mic and, you know, an amazing pair of headphones. You can you can do it with, you know, your phone and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, especially nowadays, it's, it's so easy to get um, the technology that you would need to just get totally. started. Yeah, um, it's really at, at our fingertips for sure. Yeah. Um, did you go to college? I um, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little I mean, bit about that. Well, the way I think it's interesting the way you get to your yeah your jobs. Uh, I actually did a bachelor in science. Uh -huh. uh, so the way it works here in Australia is you do school up to eighteen. That's our year twelve, and then you choose to go to to university. And so I actually did a yeah bachelor of physics, which I loved at the time. I was just super into science and. That's one thing. Um, so I did four years of physics. At the same time, you could do what was called a diploma of music. So it would add a couple of subjects. So I kept playing um, and I actually met a lot of people. A lot. It, you talk about um, how does your classical music education influence the work now. A lot of the contacts that I met at university actually have, have turned up. I actually work with a guy now that I went to university with and that's, you know, quite a while ago. 
um, and we took totally different paths to get where we <laughs> where we are now. Yeah, so I did this science degree, did music at the same time, uh, did a honours and masters in physics, and at the end of that, I thought I was going to become a um, do a PhD and become a, an academic in physics, but that's when I went overseas and started playing all the time. Right, had a bit of a you know, late rebellion phase <laughs> <laughs> and uh, decided that, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't work in physics. It was, it was a lovely area. I really liked the research, but it didn't feel like the right place mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. yeah. And the way it played, I guess it's also the way it played out in that I was out of the country for two years and then, you know, relationship breakups and things like that you come back and you sort of have to you have to earn some money and that's where the the job thing came in so I couldn't I couldn't just faff around doing a lovely PhD I know it's a lot of hard work (laughs) but I I couldn't I had to earn some money (laughs) yeah yeah Um, I was talking with someone else earlier today just about how um, the students don't realize that it's okay to change it's okay to change your mind like you don't have to be 18 and know what you want to do with your life Absolutely. Well, I guess I'd say about me, I think there are, I see people who are really focused and who really go down a path mm-hmm. and who know it and they talk about what they like all the time and that's all their social media feeds are and that's all they project at least. And they really seem to to go down that path and be wholly committed to it. But I've always been a, a real ragtag <laughs> um, person that I've picked up. I've always done what I liked to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've picked up I guess I've picked up a lot of skills along the way that have sort of culminated in these these final final it sounds like I'm about to die <laughs> <laughs> this job I have now right. what well, is your dream job it's where you wanted to end up you know so yeah yeah it really is which is which is surprising I mean it does bring up the question as to what I what I'll do after this job retire right. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so um, what would advice would you give to someone who is looking to have a career in radio production? Yeah, well, I think that the volunteering is really, really important. I'm not sure what's available in different areas in the US, but here in Melbourne, there's one um, student radio station called CINFM and you can you can volunteer there and they've they're just the most beautiful community of people who are committed to radio and to podcasting as well so they've really developed the into the podcast space in the last five seven years or so um and they give young people amazing opportunities it's voluntary but you can actually move from being a volunteer into the the small staff as well and so you make all these contacts and you see the sin kids just everywhere doing amazing things they're so they get access to technology and um, other contacts and they can just make excuse me they can just make whatever they want so that volunteering in a youth situation is massive and then just moving on to any other um, volunteer position where you can you have a little bit more freedom because you're not being paid <laughs> to take advantage of of that situation and and make what you want so if you want to talk about I mean I guess I'm in classical music but if if you're at a music radio station in general and you want to talk talk about your particular subgenre of metal music then you can because they need a program and you can make that program and you can you can really talk about things that interest you and then because you're working in something that is really interesting 
or you're volunteering in something that's really interesting, you can then pick up the other skills just as a byproduct. So you, you learn about interviewing, you'd learn about scripting, um, you'd learn about time management on the radio, which is like the thing that sounds the most boring, but it's probably one of the most uh, crucial. Uh, you'd, you'd learn about, you know, audio audio production and all of that, and you'd pick up those skills and become a really multi-talented, uh, multi-skilled person in the area of radio. So I think volunteering is the key. Um, obviously, it's difficult to fit around, you know, if you need to get a job at 18, then you've got to go and work wherever you can. But that volunteering at the same time is, is a great option. your physics degree have you been using that have you like how has that helped to sculpt where you are today have you been do you think you use any of that knowledge still I mean I know you use the basic knowledge of hopefully they gave you some little life knowledge as you were getting your (laughs) but in your life in your job do you use that degree yeah it's a great question I think the most that I use my physics degree now is is in the inf- is in the research side of it and the finding information. I know how important it is to have something be f- fact based at the same time as it being a story. So we're telling stories on the radio. That's the the primary function, I believe, of the radio. But because they're about classical music, you know, they are rooted in history. And it is really important that particularly, you know, if we're talking about women composers and if we're talking about um, other issues in classical music, we we need them to be factually correct and historically correct. So I I know how to research from studying science um, and I know the importance kind of of the the scientific method and and all of that. So I'd say that that's, that's pretty much how it plays out. Science, physics in particular has the most amazing stories. Like physics is whack. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's, it's just fascinating. And, you know, you get a new discovery every month that just blows your mind. A lot of my friends from university have kept going in physics. There's a, a girl who works at the Parkes Telescope in New South Wales. There's one who's an astrophysicist now, like it's, it's just um, I still find it fascinating more from the armchair scientist point of view, but um, I really value my education in physics. I wouldn't um, I think that's another piece of advice that I'd give. There's no point um, regretting any choice that you've made along the way. like it's just your life and how it's unfolding. and if you're trying to take advantage of if you're trying to do things that you you love and you know taking advantage of most of the opportunities that you're given I don't think you can regret anything even if it takes you in a in a different direction than you expected yeah that's great advice um, especially to my preteens and teenagers who um, you know life is just getting it's just coming at them so fast <laughs> yeah point. yeah I mean it's it's really hard and I guess you don't really have to I know there's a lot of pressure to think about a career, but you honestly cannot imagine where you're going to be. Like you, you don't even have the the scope to imagine. I didn't have the scope at at 
25 at 30 to imagine you know where I necessarily would end up it's I think it's more about finding out what you like to do um getting some experience in that and and often these days that's just by doing it you know if you love drawing you just draw and you just put it out there and you find other people who love to draw and you talk to them about you know I can't get this bit right and they're like oh why don't you do it like this you're like oh great my drawing's better (laughs) you know and it's it's the same with music um as well and any creative art and if you like um you know building houses if you like designing houses if you like you know whatever it is um and if you don't know what you like now I don't think that matters so much either I think just you know get on with life and do your study and play your play the piano if your parents are forcing you to and have a bit of a go (laughs) and if you don't like it you can stop it and try some (laughs) tennis or you know I mean I I don't think you need to know exactly what you like yeah but when you do figure out some things that you like um I think it's nice to put you know put effort into it mm-hmm. but give try it a go try different things try different things yeah, yeah yeah and if you want to stop something then you can yeah yeah absolutely um not while you need to do it for school if you need to do it for <laughs> unless, school you yeah, gotta do it <laughs> then you have to do it or maybe if your parents <laughs> are yeah, having you do it yeah maybe you yeah, listen I to your I parents mean, I was, yeah I was told <laughs> to do a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's a really big issue um, in Australia at the moment as well because a lot of people go through their music degree and expect to, you know, end up in the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra or the Sydney Symphony Orchestra or the London Symphony Orchestra if they're really good. But it just can't happen. And so um, one of the universities here in Melbourne has started an entrepreneurial program where you, the, the kids who are enrolled, do their own projects. So you do whatever you want around music. You put on a concert or you do a podcast, or you write, you, you know, you start a music zine or or a social media account that, that promotes other people, like whatever you want to do in music, or you start a radio station, or you go volunteer at a radio station and start a, a new program. And I think that's really great because the reality is that we can't all end up in the same positions. Like I was never going to be a viola player in the London Symphony Orchestra <laughs> in the New York Phil. Um, Number one, because I, I wasn't good enough, but number two, it wasn't my style either. I wasn't somebody who was going to practice 12 hours a day to, to get that good and move to yeah. you know, another yeah. country to do that stuff. So I loved my playing and it, that's the other thing, that it doesn't diminish just because you don't end up in performance. It doesn't diminish your love of playing or your your musicality. You're still an amazing musician and you can still have a whole lot of fun with music. It's yeah. just in a, in a different context. It's about finding the context that's right for you. Right. And you and you shouldn't play music just to be the best in your, the best singer, the best. You should play it for the, for the enjoyment of it is what I. I think so in general. Yeah, def- yeah. in general. Um, music's fun. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and the social not, aspect of music is really fun. Yeah. And if it's not fun, then maybe find something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we talked about earlier. I, I also, having said that, I also really value and are impressed with people who can commit to to being the best. You know, if you're really, really good, then yeah. by all means, go for it. Right, right, right. But, but you don't have to be. That's the, you don't have to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's important to know that you also don't have to be the best to have a career in music. You, yes. Yeah. So there's um, there's lots of opportunities like that's not the London Philharmonic Orchestra. So Yeah. So I go to a um, uh, get-together for women in the music industry, and there's people who do just everything. So there's, there's publicists, there's venue bookers, audio engineers, journalists, um, players, but players, you know, in bands who do it for fun, in orchestras, in smaller groups, there's what else do, do people do in the music industry? Everything. Yeah. Uh, venue owners. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you Producers. have a passion, if you have a passion for it, then you can make a career out of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think often it's to do with contacts and people you know. I guess that's the the other advice to to be a nice person. <laughs> Sounds silly when you're interacting with other people because they will remember that mm-hmm. and they'll you'll stay in their mind as somebody who they will call on if they need somebody. They're like, Oh yeah, Amy, I, I ran into her. She was she seemed um nice, number <laughs> one, she was friendly. Um but she, you know, I know that she can get things done and your reputation is actually quite important um, in, in somewhere like the music industry because people will remember your your name and the way that you operate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. So have a happy Friday. I wish it was thank Friday you. for me already. <laughs> have a happy Friday when you get there. Uh,